Welcome to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast, your crackerjack clinical insurgents pitting evidence against anecdotes. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the one and only Gorilla Social Work Podcast, where we serve up a cocktail of psychotherapy and mischief, all in the name of rehabilitation. I'm your host, Mace Warren, and right beside me is my partner in psychocrime, the one and only Jeff Blowtorch Moore. We're two forensic psychotherapists who are about to take you on a roller coaster ride through the criminal justice system, in the trenches, working with guys that are like tour guides in the dark alleyways of the criminal underworld. But fear not, our mission is to help them see the light and guide them back to a more pro social path. So hold on to your straitjackets because we got some mind blowing techniques up our sleeves. Introducing the star of our show, role play and skills training. We call it criminal improv, where we pretend we're in a real life social situation and our participants act out how they normally respond. And oh, trust us, folks, it's not your typical improv show. Our criminals can give Shakespeare a run for his money with their elaborate performances. But here's the secret sauce it's all about unlearning their old, ineffective behaviors. That's right just like peeling off the old, crusty criminal layers to reveal the diamond in the rough beneath. By the end of our sessions, these criminals will be giving TED Talks on how to choose pro-social goals. Today, our five-star rating is brought to you by Emogon. Are you tired of dealing with emotional distress? Do you want a quick fix for your mental health woes? Well, introducing Emogon. Emogon is the revolutionary mental health technique that guarantees to alleviate emotional distress in no time. Simply take one tiny magical pill of Emogon a day and watch your worries fade away. Within days, you'll be frolicking in fields of sunshine surrounded by puppies and unicorns. Your emotional baggage will vanish faster than a magic trick. But wait, Emogon even comes with only one special side effect. While Emogon may alleviate your emotional distress, it's been clinically proven to make you less and less attractive. So say goodbye to those pesky good looks. With Emogon, you'll trade beauty for peace of mind. Don't delay. Visit our website today at www.emogongongong.com and sign up for our Hot Mess Makeover subscription package today. Remember, at Emogon, we believe true happiness comes from within, even if it makes you look like a cartoon character. Emogon, because who needs looks when you've got emotional well-being? And now, on with the show. Now we're rolling. I hope I hope this syncs up okay. Dude, we were in sync right there pretty good. Dude, in sync, they had some bangers too. They did. <laughs> I used to talk trash on them because like it wasn't cool to light boy bands, and it's, I guess it's still not. But I don't know. Maybe it was just jealousy back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those dudes were admired. Dude, well, and rightly so. I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. JT's a good looking dude. And they, they did have some tool tunes that I oddly found myself like singing along to every now and then you know what i mean tool yeah like only tools listen to it oh you know? i thought you meant like the band it's like they got like covered tool <laughs> like in sync doing lateralis <laughs> they, co- they cover yeah, tool yeah. <laughs> that'd be a, the worst concert yeah. of all time <laughs> 
That'd Dude, be terrible. Especially if they did like uh, nowadays. You know what I mean? Like every one of them are just overweight except for JT. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude, JT. Yeah. That see, that's what's funny is that dude. That dude clearly uh, like an awesome talent because then he went on for a- to acting and everything yeah, else. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, he's always been a really good singer and everything. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if I was ever jealous. I just, I mean, I don't know. They, they just. The songs they were not, fun to talk trash on. Like for, it wasn't cool to like them. Sure, sure. But I mean, I'm saying I never really, I don't know, I never really dug the music anyway. But they were catchy tunes. Like right. you could listen to it, and you'd be like, you know, you I just, can sing like half the choruses to their songs. Oh, like, for they're sure, in my head. for sure. And probably I, uh, I, I assume living with like Justin and Aaron, they were doing it all the yep. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's. <laughs> hey, I was gonna ask you. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any uh, jujitsu tournaments coming up anytime soon? Do you do that still? I yeah, I haven't competed in a couple of years because I'm a sissy. Oh, okay. I need, to, I need to get it together. You don't like like uh, well. There's reasons I could tell you my reasons, but ugh, they're not interesting. Not because of injuries, right? No. Oh, okay, good, bro. I will tell you what. So I I just update on uh, bicep gate, 2023. Um. I, I just barely this last week got back to, um, no, two weeks ago, I started lifting again. Holy cow. Like that is an exercise. I'm not even exercising my body. I'm exercising humility. Humility. Constantly. I know, bro. I yeah. can empathize. And I go, I go at four in the morning to the gym. So I just can dodge, you know, people who would judge, <laughs> but, but it, it, it's like, uh, there's still plenty of people there. I don't know what I'm saying, but it, uh, for sure, man, it's like. It, it it's astounding how how much strength you don't have you know like and and it probably looks a little bit weird because i haven't like lost a ton of you know mass or anything but like i'll be <laughs> I, was, I was like doing uh uh and i everybody i know this is super toxic masculinity stuff okay i, I, I got it doing, they know what they signed up right, for. right i was doing uh dumbbell flies and i was yeah. doing like fives <laughs> just just getting back into the rhythm you know there's a silver lining to it this is what I found. So, you know, coming from someone that's blown out two biceps. Yeah. The, so you and I both don't love it when people at the gym come up to us and start talking to us and asking us advice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 annoying. No one's going to ask you shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, look at he, look how weak that guy is. That's no, true. Yeah. So that's true. Can actually work out in peace. And I suppose the other silver lining is, is it has really let me like I'm just highly focused on technique now you know what I mean just just be disciplined man super, I know I know it's hard with the ego just, like I just just be disciplined it, it'll come back oh yeah I'm not Don't stopping I mean I'm just going really Don't I mean push it I push it real good Don't push it <laughs> um, I uh no I I'm just going slow and being patient with the whole process. I'm good with it because I'm still training because, you know, I, I've, so I've, I've still got a I got a half Ironman in October that I'm doing with my sister. So I'm still now just doing double duty at this point. So how's your body holding up? It's I'm, a lot, of, it's a lot of work. I know. I know the, the I get worried every now and then because I mean, it's like, I don't know, like I was <laughs> I was talking to some students just yesterday and uh, it was we were we were talking about like uh finding time to meet with clients right and uh and the issue came up and somebody mentioned well yeah yeah there's a time when the entire facility they work at a residential facility everybody just goes to lunch and i was like lunch i don't know if i've taken a lunch in 10 years you know what i mean like an actual lunch lunch that you like scheduled on your to take a break I you know yeah it's not a thing i do uh, right 
And um, I'm like, well, yeah, we'll just see the client. You know, what I've it's not like a dig on anybody, but I've, what I've realized is how people look at work and how they set their own boundaries and stuff is just completely different. Because when it comes to like sleep, some people find that really important, which I don't. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> are you, are you, are you, I thought you were getting more sleep. Are you still only getting like four hours of sleep? Oh, night? yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was saying. So I like that night, um, I was teaching. So my, my, my last class ends at like, um, 8 30, right? So I was at the gym at 4 a.m., but I went to sleep that night before, probably around 10 30. So I woke up at three so I could get to the gym at four. Right. Um, and then, so, three, four. Then I went and worked at the jail. Then I went and did groups. Then I drove out to the university and then ran classes until 830. And then I was back here close to 10. So I was like, yeah, that's a rough that's day. A day. That's a Yeah, that's that's a rough day. But I don't know. I, I feel like everything's going as, as it should be. Well, sleep's overrated, dude. What? No, it's not. <laughs> I've always it, like it's people, important. I was like, people are like, I love sleep. I'm like, how? How do you well, know, how, how do you know you love sleep, dude? You're asleep. You know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I wouldn't say that. But <laughs> I, don't you feel way better? I, if I get six hours of sleep, I feel pretty good. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, sixes. I mean, last night was like today. I'm probably going off like three or three and a half. I uh, wouldn't be doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah. Oh, dude. So I, uh, t- t- I, I gave you a task, which was, um between when we talked last time to set this up and then today and your task was I need you to scour the internet and you could have chose anything by the way anything and I needed you to find a death a death that is depicted in in some sort of you know theatrical version that you would be comfortable with dying that way like that's the way you want to go and you came up with I mean it's funny but I'm just curious if this is really the route you want to go here so let's let's pull this up and then we'll we'll process it through here. So this is Tropic Thunder. It's still Ben Stiller's running, getting shot. So far, he's been shot twelve times. This movie was so funny when it came out. Amazing. (laughs) 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 Just get shredded. (laughs) Oh, dude. So he's getting shot at least 50 times. Dude, that reminded you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of that scene in um at the beginning, or yeah, not the beginning, but right when um uh, the the Murphy guy in RoboCop before he turns into RoboCop. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. dude, and, and it's not just there's like eight dudes that are shooting him and with shotguns, and he just like, oh! <laughs> like, damn, dude, you can take a lick and like that. He get he gets shot like thirty times, still fine. And then the guy comes up and shoots in the head. I'm like, damn, dude, that is that, that that's you you really he went out. Yeah, no wonder they took chose you as RoboCop, <laughs> but. Okay, so that was good. That was funny. Right. Um, why'd you pick that one? Well, That's legit how you want to go, huh? Well, here's 50 the thing. shots if you survive no, no, no. all those. Okay, things. so here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> like that would be a decidedly uncomfortable 30 seconds 
Yeah. You know, but, but like the alternative and probably what's most likely for me uh-huh. is that I'm going to end up drooling on myself in a nursing home for 12 years before I nod out and crash out unspectacularly. Well, Yeah. Just, just like a long, slow drawn, like, cause the, the medical advancements will keep me alive. And, okay. You know, it's just, you know, going out like that, people remember. There's glory, there's legacy, it's kind of funny. Well, okay. I don't know about the glory, though, because I told you to pick a heheroic video. That's a dude running away, getting shot in the back. I don't know what's heroic about that. He's exfiltrating. Okay. Now, I told you to to pick that, (laughs) so maybe you just didn't understand the, the assignment, but this, in my opinion, is the most badass way to die okay Wait, that wasn't the criteria oh no i did tell you that go back and read you said text. most badass way pick a way that a hero- you didn't say most badass Hero- heroic those are different things heroic death those are different things so this is what i chose ben still was heroic in that well let's see which oh yes okay okay i already know right all right the way Billy goes out, right, dude. Okay. Okay. So this is Predator, nineteen eighty-seven, right. way ahead of its time. See, I would have chosen. Look this at Billy. If I'd have He's known like, now look at this. His buddy just got killed. He's on a log. He throws his gun down. Doesn't need it. Billy, Billy, let's go. It doesn't listen to him. Takes his shirt off here. He's like, damn, dude. He's like, Arnold's like, never mind. Here we go, dude. Now there's a literal alien monster chasing them, right? Definitely familiar with the movie. Yeah, I've seen this at least yeah. 300 times. Yeah. Look at this sword he pulls out too. <laughs> That'd be the most inconvenient yeah. thing to you, carry around with you, you will in here in the thing. jungle. Yeah. That would be so heavy. Uh, Maybe it'd be good for the jungle though, you know? No. Clear away brush? Yeah, I'm that's telling what, you. That's what machetes are for. It, it, whenever you're hiking and all this, you want the least amount of weight. Dude, it looks, he cuts himself across the chest. And he's like, come get it, Predator. Why'd he cut himself on the chest? I have no clue. He's well, just, he wanted to be visible to the... Yeah. I guess. I think more so he's just a badass way to go yeah. out. You know what I mean? A little bit of self-harm. Sure. See, self-harm isn't brave. Look at this. Look at this. See, he's not running. He's facing it head on. Not like your dude. Running, getting shot in the back. He's like, bring it. Now he has no chance. No chance at all. Okay. Donzo, Donzo. See, it took 50 bullets to bring down Ben Stiller's character. It took one little monster to bring down Billy. Well, come on. thing is, I don't know what he effectively did there. Maybe he bought Arnold and those other two five seconds, you know, but he did. That is a good way to go out right there, man. Pretty like, epic. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. What, what was this assignment for? I'm just cause <laughs> it's like and, uh, I, I was waiting for the segue to like oh and that's why we're talking about role play today yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah actually this is uh man we haven't talked about a clinical skill in a hot minute huh I can't even think of the last sidetracked time. on all these other yeah rabbit holes might even be before we reformulated the thing but you know someone I think probably when Justin was still in the podcast is the last time we no, did a skill. We done when was the last skill? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe, yeah, right? Check it. Uh, okay. Well, it'll be on our, our clinical skills playlist at least. Yeah. So, okay. Well, we'll I'm back to it. So, it'll be uh, this will be I think for anybody <clears throat> listening to this, like if you're a so if you're a therapist, um, we are we are focusing on role play uh, skills development here today, um, and <laughs> so one of the things we'll probably want to do is dispel like what what role play isn't, um, because role play is is depicted really uh, poorly, I think, in in uh, 
movies and right. TV shows about like a therapist doing role play um, and why it's designed what it is. Maybe some of the hurdles that therapists go through. And then if you're maybe a client or just a consumer of therapy, knowing why we do it the way that we do it, I think is really important too. Because of all of all the skills that we're taught, this seems like the hokiest one, don't you think? It, you mean role plays in general or you mean disclosing personal information? Oh, no, no, no. Not not that. Role this, plays in the general. Skill set is, the skill itself is awesome. I'm talking about just role plays in Absolutely. general. Like, uh, Hokey if you don't have the context as to why it can be helpful and right. also if you haven't seen that like oh hey when i when i role play this stuff with my clients they actually follow through in real life more yeah. often yeah and and i and i always tell we jeff and i will train this often uh we do this training i mean roughly three or four times a year and um inevitably inevitably somebody will tell us that oh that won't work you know or whatever and and we kind of come back and say well yes with that attitude for sure it won't work um, and I don't know, I've, and it always comes up too, cause sometimes they will have already tried this a little bit. They've kind of, you know, uh, dipped their toe in it and they're saying, well, how do you get them to do it? And I'm like, I don't know. I've, I've never had a problem getting clients to role play. And I think the reason why is because if I follow the format and I'm willing to do it first and I kind of just put it all out there, like, Hey, it's a little goofy at first. We're playing dress up here. You don't really play dress up by the way, but you are, uh, you're putting yourself out there and saying, yeah, it feels a little goofy, but here's the reason why we're going to do it. And by the way, I'm going to do it first so you guys know everything. And then I've, I've never really struggled with clients getting to do it. It's yeah. It, well, I've noticed this because like I, you know, I end up doing supervision with a lot of our therapists that go through it. And they they even after the training, a lot of times they dread module five coming up and because, you know, these role plays are are coming and like one of the things that I really try to discourage therapists from doing is doing the whole like, all right, guys, time to do role plays. I know, I know it's, I know it sucks. Yeah. And, and kind of like leading off with the discomfort and just to kind of reiterate what you're saying, like I get like borderline cheesy with the levels of enthusiasm I bring just (laughs) to like almost oversell making an ass of myself to show I'm perfectly comfortable doing it. Yeah. And like, and then also I'm super thorough in the way I explain it. And the first few times that I, you know, do a role play with the clients, I, I, I basically hold their hand through it. So they're not feeling like they're looking dumb up in front of everybody. Yeah. And I just walk them through it. No, that's really good. So it's not just, it's not just like that you're bought into it. Cause you have to, I think, first of all, you have to kind of truly believe that it's going to work and why it works, which is hopefully what we can get across today. Right. And then secondly, you do have to be enthusiastic about it because this is, at least in my opinion, this is about the best you're going to get in terms of witnessing a client do skills in front of you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we don't, we don't often get to see that. I mean, I know we work on, um, you know, like all kinds of like emergency strategies and cope, you know, uh, thought stopping techniques and everything, but we don't really get to see it very often. And we don't, we don't provoke it either. Like if we're teaching this to a substance use class, we don't throw a bag of meth on the ground and say, okay, everybody use your skills. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? We, we, this puts them into a situation where all, albeit, you know, fake that they are, they're, they're having to kind of, flex these muscles but then we kind of see we see where the deficits are we can give them feedback and then over time they i think they're looking at something that happens in a matter of a second or two and they're slowing it down to you know a a three or a five minute thinking out loud where they're going to get some feedback on it and that's really where you start to get some pretty good mileage for these guys 
and you, I've heard you already say this, but you, you emphasize to the clients, like an acknowledgement that like, yeah, this isn't how it would go in real life. Oh, for sure. That's, that's a big part of it too. Yeah. And yeah, just get, get that out of the way. This isn't how it looks in real life. And the, I don't know, it, it's like some of the metaphors that we have, like the whole, you know, saved by the bell, Zach Morris timeout. It's like weird little, that's helpful. Kind of, yeah. Just ways to make it, uh, to, to explain it. And yeah, then then from there, it's just a willingness to go first to walk them through it. And do you ever play the uh, co actor? I know you like sometimes. You yeah, a, yeah. It, I love it when they uh, when they let me play like their girlfriend or something. Oh my hell! I, it's like my favorite time to act like an idiot because you can get the whole group laughing, yeah. and then oh, then yeah. there's your buy in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and the thing is, is I think you and I um, we use humor effectively in those cases, you know, uh, I use that a lot to establish rapport with clients Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that's everybody's strategy. I'm saying that, that there is a strategy, um, that your personality will, will latch onto when mm. you're teaching the skill. The problem is that you just need to really believe in it and be enthusiastic. And hopefully with the information we give you guys today, you'll have a little bit more buy-in to this as to why it's so important. You know what, man, it <clears throat> might be the same thing we tell clients. Like, we tell clients, hey, it's okay. You're going to suck at it when you first do it. And, <laughs> you know, like, because that's the thing, right? Is like, if the client has the expectation that, you know, the, the first time they try a given skill that this is going to work and they base their decision on whether to continue using the skill or not on how it goes that first time, they're never going to uh, develop. You have to kind of, I've heard you say this a million times. Yeah. It's like, it's not the first time, not the fifth time, not the 10th time, maybe around the 30th time of trying this skill, you might start to maybe kind of get good at it. Is that what and you tell the therapist, your therapist, like your I, group well, supervision? Like you guys are going to suck and it, like, yes, it suck. So especially you, you're going <laughs> to suck so bad. Like, yeah. Just single yeah. them out. <laughs> yeah, I do. But I mean, not like that, but, but, but yeah, I, I just acknowledge, I just, but I say that by saying that like, mm-hmm. I wasn't any good at this when I first started, but just a cannonball into the deep end anyway. And then and yeah. just, I got good at Which, it. Which why would you be good at it? You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, this- I think they have an expectation, especially if a, if a therapist is, they, they're settled into their groups or used to process groups or used mm-hmm. to whatever their thing is. So like veteran therapists have the hardest time with this. Our interns never seem to have a hard time with it. Yeah. It's the veterans that like, cause now all of a sudden they're doing this completely new thing. I was a veteran therapist by the time that I first got introduced to the CBI sure, techniques. Sure. It was awkward, but yeah. I just forced myself to do it. And yeah. then I like it. Now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well let's take a look at them. Yeah. We'll give, so of, of course I, 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 put some uh i put some good research stuff up here so if people kind of want to um i don't know if they want to not question it but know a little bit more about it um and this is from trainings that we do with our therapists and also with officers that we train and line staff that we train and working with clients so this is role play is just when you think about this a method to practice new skills in a controlled environment and and what i i think is important from that is if you like the controlled environment, one thing that we always do is that it always turns out good in the situation, right? Oh, like right. they deliver the skill and it turns out well, or or they deliver the skill and and the role play is over. And the reason why we do that is because uh, you you when you're doing a social skill, which is what we're teaching today, <clears throat> which is why you do a role play, you can't really control the other side's response to this, right? So. Yes, you you can do a social skill exactly as it was designed, but you actually don't know how the other party is going to respond to that. If their social skills suck, they're going to respond in a really weird way. 
and what happens is you could be using like like we do in any case. Um, I mean, in any given interaction, I could be using five or six different social skills. I won't know it till I know how they respond. So often, as soon as they deliver the skill, we stop the role play because after that, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. The, the co-actor is going to do what they're going to do, but they're just setting the stage for me to nail my role play. It, if the co-actor responds negatively in real life, that possibly could happen. And then I revert to another skill. We just don't know which one that's going to be. So we're just focused on this skill for that time. And, and we do want it to be a controlled environment because um, they're trying it out for the first time. I mean, it's just like uh, we've talked about like riding a bike. That's a, a useful metaphor. Like if you're riding a bike for the first time, I don't know. Do you remember when your dad taught you how to ride a bike? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I they'll hold on to the back training wheels. Maybe there's all these little things to make sure you don't, you know, break your noggin open or whatever. Exactly. Even though back then I never wore a helmet. My parents were like, oh, yeah, go <laughs> helmet, helmet. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what we're doing. Essentially, I'm, I'm telling you what to do. I'm showing you what to do. And then I'm kind of holding your hand until you get a little bit better. So that's why Absolutely. we do it in a controlled environment. That makes it easy to score a win. Yeah. You know, and you want to reinforce that right out of the gate. And particularly for our clients, like if you work with folks in the criminal justice system or clients who are listening to this, it, you right. If, if you're telling me, um, hey, this won't work with officer so and so, or if you're telling me that this won't work with my probation officer, oh, oh, I understand that. First of all, the dynamics of that relationship are very different than a normal, like you know, social interaction, just a general social interaction. So that's number one. But number two, like. All it who cares about that? Like again, you can't control what they're gonna do. All this does is it increases the likelihood of a positive outcome. It doesn't guarantee it. So there's still a lot of validity in using the skill. Is what, what I usually try yeah. to get across yeah. to them. So <clears throat> next piece that we want to go through here is um when it comes down to this, when we uh and and uh the research that we're focused on here is from Spurberg and Lowenkamp. This was published in 2017, and uh, this is from the Journal of Offender Rehabilitation. And the title of the of the um, article was "Dosage is more than just counting program errors: the importance of role playing in treatment outcomes." Huh. So, uh, role playing and recidivism. So, a lot of our justice involved clients they do lack emotional and social regulation skills. And we know that because they're sitting in front of us, okay? People with good social and emotional regulation skills just aren't that heavily involved in the criminal justice system. Right. So if you're a client that is involved in the criminal justice system, we don't we don't need to track down or go back and, and do a root cause analysis of your life. You're already there. Just know ahead of time, yeah, I have emotional and social skill deficits. It's not it's not the end of the world. It, they're skills. You can develop them. Luckily, they're pretty easy. And this was a – so this is from their study. Um, did, talked about how dosage interacts with the use of role plays in terms of how it influences recidivism. And for those of you who don't know, recidivism is, is reoffending or any further involvement in the criminal justice system. So it doesn't mean you go back out and – commit exactly the same crime this could be a new crime a different crime or a, a violation just okay. finding yourself further involved in so the that's criminal including non-sexual recidivism <clears throat> okay. well yeah <clears throat> for any of our clients okay so they did so they looked at um recidivism rates among moderate risk offenders wow that's wild right and they received 
dosage hours of 100 to 199 hours. Now, when I say dosage hours, that is the number of hours that you're sitting in front of a clinician. So if you're, say you're at a, uh, um, a residential treatment program, right? And, uh, like it's a substance use one, um, all the time that you're not sitting in front of a therapist doesn't count as dosage hours. So this is dosage hours sitting in front of a therapist, being in a group. Okay. And they had categories of recidivism rates less than one role play a week. And the recidivism rates right here turns out to be around 50%. Uh, with one role play a week, that reduced it to about 30%. Two role plays a week was about 20%. And if you look at this number, if you do three or more role plays per week, you have a 0% recidivism with with three role plays a week for this moderate risk offenders. Pretty crazy. Now this, you gotta be careful with this because this is one randomized control trial. The sample size of one. Yeah, <laughs> sample size of two. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you can't, um, and, and and again, it, it's peer reviewed and, and it's, it, it's good research, but taking one study and then saying, oh, th- th- this is gospel truth. We know you shouldn't do that, okay? Th- this is simply, there's no, right now, no long-term meta-analysis focused exclusively on role plays yet. So we're just going off of one randomized control trial that does have some pretty good, it, it wouldn't be in the Journal of Offender Rehabilitation unless it was legit. So yeah, that's pretty wild. by all means, please look it up. They also looked at role-playing and recidivism with high-risk offenders, and they have a a minimum of uh, 200-plus dosage hours. And again, you see this. So much higher recidivism rates. So they're in the mid-60s with less than one role. I love less than one. That means zero, right? Or one a month, two a month, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, one role-play a week, that puts them still around 50% recidivism. Um, Two role-plays a week puts them around uh, still kind of, you know, high 40s now you see this what i was saying here is that that's not much reduction but you get to three and now we go from high 40s to the like like high yeah like the high teens 17 percent recidivism with three plus role plays a week okay that's dramatic yeah so this is it's i think it's just highlighting the importance of this right And and it can be understated so there is research to back up what jeff and i are saying in this okay so when I'm learning a new skill, the one thing we try to say is, we teach this to all of our clients, is first of all, I do have to have some motivation to, to learn the skill. So when we introduce a skill like, us. right, that we're introducing tonight, we first have to tell the clients why this is in their best interest, okay? And I always tell them, remember, this is not about the other person. This is about you. This is in your best interest to learn this skill, okay? Like why- but The is, other person meaning the person that they're interacting with? Right, right, right. It's not about whoever you're interacting with. Okay. Yes, that that relationship may be of value to you, or it might at least have some importance to it. Um, but ha- that's going to benefit you having that relationship in there. So this is not about other people. This is about making you more proficient in your skills with other people, which gets you what you want in the end, right? Whether it's a job, whether it's you know I I get, I get a new friend, um, I, I get a girlfriend, any of those things. We want you to be skillful when it comes to any of these any of these social skills. <clears throat> Two, they have to know what to do and how to do it, which is where we come in. We have to tell them. What they've done with these skills is today we're talking about disclosing personal information, okay? And people listening to this, they might think, I know how to do that, right? Um, And what I've learned about these skills is I kind of dig how they've like codified it and said one, two, three, and four. And I will think I know how to do a skill, but then when I read it, I'm like, 
oh yeah, when I do that, I kind of don't do number three or I don't do number two. Do you ever find that when you're doing it? Yeah. Yeah. The, well, specifically like it's, it can be overwhelming. I think for people, if they're just given a skill without the steps in that, you know, there is like, what am I going to say when you, when you're introducing a new skill and you have like step one, step two, step C, step, step four, it, you know, it, it, it gives a sense of like, you know, like stepwise instructions. It, again, it never goes that way in real life necessarily, but like it, it, at least if I kind of cover these main points. So I, I think it actually builds confidence in, in yeah. the person they're going to be able to deliver it. Cause it's not, they're not having to like memorize this. Like, what do I have to say here? It's just step by step. So yeah. It makes it breaks it up into smaller chunks. Yeah. And, and don't, don't get me wrong. Like we're, we've never encouraged anybody to, bust out a piece of paper while they're talking to somebody with skill steps on there and try to walk through those. Those are the best social skills to do that. (laughs) That's not really, not really the way that we want social skills to go. You're doing like the communicating interest, asking some, somebody on a date. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That ain't going to go well at all. (laughs) Decide if I want to communicate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's already pulled out her gun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then becoming proficient at the skill. And this one, this one is, um, you know, proficiency is not mastery. It's simply like, I I know enough to get by. And that's really where we want them because the mastery of that skill just comes with time. I mean, you got to get reps in, you know what I mean? So, and and it's not every single skill either. When we go through role plays, like you look at all the skills and I say, well, there's a lot more skills that you could put in there, but they don't run the gamut because why would you need to, you need some, some ones that really would offset um, some some risky social interactions that could lead to trouble for you. So as we're going through these, or as you, if you know them, then um, they're not they're not a hundred percent like foolproof. They just give you some, I guess, right. just the hits. You know what I mean? <clears throat> okay. So disclosing personal information. This is the one that we're talking about today. Um, and for our clients, this is you know, never mind. Like if you are just a convicted felon and you've been to prison. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of information for somebody that you want to come into your life to consume and and be okay with. So clients always ask this and they'll be like, <clears throat> well, well, when should I tell them I have a sexual offense? When it's, should I tell them? So man, it's like the question. Yeah. And, and I mean, what answer do you give them typically? Man, that, that well, <clears throat> there, there's not like a, right time. Cause I, I, so that's the thing. I don't know what your opinion is on it, but like, I I've heard compelling, uh, answers to that both ways. I've had people say like right out of the gate and they they'll make a case for that by saying like, you know, rip the bandaid off quick. Uh, I've heard other people say, you know, let them get a chance to get to know you so that they can, they humanize you and they're not comparing, you know, they're able to compare you like Mace Warren against what they imagine in their head, a sex offender is, and they're able to see the discrepancy and uh, like, all over the map. And I've had, I've had clients have success with, uh, like a whole smorgasbord of different ways of doing things. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, and I'm sure you got an answer to this, but like, I, I think one of the, the skill steps is, uh, you know, you're like deciding if I want to share this in the first place. Right. And right. so like that, that right there, uh, makes it pretty subjective. Yeah. Well, I, I, one of the things that we look at is, um, we teach a lesson completely on, um, 
knowing who are supportive people that are going to support your recovery, right? Um, and, and that you're going to do well. And that doesn't necessarily mean like your friends. I mean, that can be a probation officer, for example. That person can support my recovery, but also I'm not going to go to his barbecue. You know what I mean? And it's fine. Like those are just important relationships that are going to be there for 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 what I'm trying to accomplish. So I the answer I always tell them is I say, Whenever it's prudent, that's my answer. Okay, mm, yeah. whenever it's prudent, and and I describe that though. I just leave that hanging. <clears throat> so you probably ought to not. I, I say right out of the gate has some implications. Okay, um, but also maybe not like as you're pulling up your pants and you just had a sexual rendezvous right. and you're leaving like somewhere pro- in there, <clears throat> Some, in the middle, in the middle ground between pulling well, up your pants and shaking their hand. Right. <laughs> so I say. There's three categories of people that you need to focus on, okay? There's people that no matter what you do and um, no matter um, no matter how many debts you've paid to society, they're going to reject you, right? They're, yep. they're like the books. You'll never win them over. Never, never. So don't waste energy on them, okay? Try to identify them early on and, and I mean, have a civil relationship with them, but don't. that's not going to go beyond, I don't know, acquaintances essentially right. or, or, you know, uh, have to work with or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then there's a group of people that just say, oh, I accept anybody for their, anything they've done. And I'm like, those people exist. Anything like, you know, like everyone deserves a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chance. I've killed 50 babies. I accept you. I'm like, that's weird. To each their own. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Like prejudgments about our past behaviors are a good thing. That's an, that's an indication that that person is, is like trying to make sure that this is a safe relationship and and that it's it's that I can be safe in this relationship, and uh, so I'm gonna just monitor things. That that like that's good. If I have a a dark history, and it's brought to your attention, well, I kind of want you to vet me a little bit. That that means you care about your life as well in this and your role in this relationship. Like if you if you just I accept anybody for anything they've done. I, I got it. I, I I too am am I try to be non-judgmental and find the value in people. It doesn't mean that now we're gonna have a cozy relationship though. You know what I mean? So those people I think are dangerous as well. You know, like you you can't just so if you throw it out there right out of the gate and say this is this, that, or the other, and they're like, I accept you, like that might be a little bit of a risk. It's like guys who come to me and they're like, dude, I, I'm dating this new girl. I'm like, oh sweet, man, that's awesome. That's cool. Tell me a little bit about her. Oh, you know, she's a mom. And I'm like, oh, she has kids. Oh, oh, crap, man. That sucks. Well, where? So tell me about the kids. Oh, no, no don't worry about it. DCFS took those kids a long time ago. I'm like, huh, okay. You know, like, what's going on with her? Is this safe for you, buddy? You know, like they. Or, or even like, or they'll, the DCF, they'll still have the kids in the home, but without yeah. even vetting the person beyond just the initial greeting, they're, they're just fine with. They're, they're, they're just fine with them being around their kids. Right, right. And 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 look, it's not that you can't work, work, work through it because the third group of people is the people who will have some prejudgments against you and who will like not jump in, you know, head first and, and but with measured doses and learning more about you start to distinguish your behaviors now from then. And then if they do that, then that's the, that's the person you want to latch yeah, on to. If they, if they show some healthy skepticism about you and kind of want to see 
what you're about. That's, that means they have a value system with, you know, an understanding of like what's important to them and some reasonable sense of boundaries like that, that, that is the type of person you want to be in a relationship with. Right. And, and let's be honest, this is a weird thing to do. Like, I mean, there's, you of course have, have a thing in your mind. That's the worst thing you've ever done in your life. Right. Of course. Okay. Me too. I did it earlier today. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. But they, uh, but nobody on planet Earth, when they talk to somebody, starts preparing for how they're going to disclose the worst thing they've ever done. You know what I mean? So they're already in a weird circumstance. And I do think this is one of those things that does kind of have to come out, you know, because if they start dating for real or they're starting to form a relationship for real, they're going to wonder why people in SWAT gear are coming over to check on the home right. sometime. You know what I mean? Right. So, so there's going to be things that come up as a matter of the relationship that the other person can feel lied to and deceived. And then it's going to fill in the gaps like, Oh, are they trying to set me up for something? You know? So I mean, I'm sure you've noticed too in the, in the modern age, I mean, everybody Googles everybody. Oh yeah. 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 Like a matter of time before you try to Google yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What comes up? Scary stuff, like way too personal. Oh yeah. Yeah, It's weird. It's like images of vomit. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, no. But, uh, yeah, I I've Google myself. I'm I'm relatively uh, not much on the internet. It drives my students crazy. They're always like, I can't see any. You're a very you're a secretive. Per- I'm secretive. So, yeah. That's secrets. I was like, I also advertise my stuff online. I don't have any social media or anything. I'm like, that's a secret. Like, Shh. No, sh- no, uh, no. Relatives of yours don't come up. Um. No, uh-uh. no, I don't think so. Huh. I've, I've done it, but I mean, I've looked and I think you really have to start scouring. I, to, I was. Yeah, yeah. I, it wasn't paid. It wasn't like the first result. Well, but. I'm not those things. I, I think if everybody wants, I'm saying I look at a first glance on a Google you know, page and there's not much there. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, an old deactivated Facebook account. So that I stopped using in 2008, <laughs> 15 years old, uh-huh. except for that one time when you sold me, I told me I was trying to sell Viagra to people. And then I had to get back on there. And oh yeah, you got hacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, dude, why are you trying to sell me Viagra? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can get way better rates from John. Uh, yeah. Okay, so here's so we'll go through the skill steps. Uh, here they are. Do you do you want to <sighs> kind of describe this as as you were describing it to a client? One thing I thought was good for the viewers and the listeners was for us like uh, to do a role play within a role play. Like I'll be the client, you be the therapist and you can walk me through this. But when you're setting this up for a client, how would you describe these skills? All right. So first off, I, you know, I'd make, I'd make sure they were able to see all those and I'd, I'd explain to the clients that each of these skill steps can be thought, thought of as a, a thinking skill step or an action skill step. And the, the idea there is that, uh, as it sounds, a thinking skill step just happens inside the client's head. But since we're doing role plays, it's it 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 makes sense to be able to say it out loud. But it's to it's it's to kind of provide like a mutual acknowledgement that this is something that's happening in my head. And it's good to know when you're speaking in a scripted way. So I'd go through and I'd I'd then read I'd I'd have the client read through these skill steps. So I might say, okay, uh, Mace, will you read skill step one? Yeah. So decide if I want to share personal information and why. Okay. And would you say that's a thinking or an action? That seems like a thinking step, right? Yes. Skill step two. Will you read that one for me? Think about the different ways to share the information. 
Good. Yeah. Okay. So you're thinking about maybe more than one way to skin a cat. Uh, is that a thinking or an action step? Well, by uh, just by the hint of the very first word, I would suspect <laughs> that's a thinking step. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> this this next one's a brain teaser. Uh, skill step three. Okay. Think about how the <laughs> other person might respond to the information. Good. Yeah. And, and you know, th- this is where we're trying to anticipate like possible reactions and, you know, and there's kind of depending on how you're going to posit this, you know, gauging their reaction is going to dictate what you do next. But so with skill step three, again, uh, thinking or action, decide if I still want to share the information. And if so, share the information in a brief and objective way. Okay. Would you say this one's thinking or action or maybe, uh, Well, you're going to have to decide, which obviously is happening in your head. So that's thinking. And then you're going to share it. So that's going to be an action. Right. And one important thing I want to draw your attention to is, is, you know, even after you've gone through all this, all the, you know, the thinking in your head about deciding if you want to share it, thinking of different ways to do it, thinking of how the other person might respond that you still have the chance to bail out. You know, you're not locked in. You you have the choice. You get to pick who you disclose stuff to. When you, when you do this with clients, do you ever give them the option of, Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell them. I do. I don't Don't (laughs) like, I'm like, so I know this is a simple out, but I, I kind of want I make them explain it. Right. But I'm like, uh, uh, because I do, I mean, maybe I'm just, uh, it's not like voyeuristic. I don't want to hear, I, I want to see like, this is such a, uh, like the, cause I, I talk a lot about like, what does brief mean and what does objective mean? You know what I mean? And I always say like, because you really look at this and you're like, okay, so the first three, I'm just simply evaluating the situation to determine if I even want to move forward with this, which is really good, right? Because that that's going to put them in a position they probably haven't done, especially for the guys who their first instincts is just say something, you know, like just tell, tell whoever it is without any regard for steps one, two, and three, because they've already thought about that too. They've already thought about what I'm going to do, and they're just, oh, a blanket policy of I'm just going to tell them right out of the gate. And then- uh, two and three are really important because how I'm going to share this and uh, and I always make sure that they link that back with number two because think about the different ways to share it. I want to make sure that translates into number four because if they if they disclose it in a completely different way than what they said in number two, I just bring it back to their attention. You let them know like, hey, you ended up going a different way than the the, the ways that you were considering in step two. Yeah, what I'll do is because once they've once they've uh, done it and then done done the done geez done the role play. Holy hell! Then I then I tell them, hey, you're going to take this outside of the session and try to apply it to something this week. And for those of you like who look at that. They, uh, again, we don't ever tell them to take the paperwork, but hopefully they run into a situation that's kind of between now and the next session that will mimic this. If not, the rule is that they have to do a role play again with somebody else. Sure. So they cannot not do their homework. They have to do their homework. It, is that why on skill step? Cause I, I want to kind of go back to what you were saying that on skill step four, that you don't allow them out during the role play to decide not to share it. Is, is that because you, you're anticipating that if they're not, it's just because they don't want to do a role play in group? Yeah, I, I want to make sure they're doing a cognitive link between two and four because two, they say, think about the different ways to share the information. And often when they're thinking out loud, I hear them articulate what it is that they're going to disclose. And then we get to four and they do it a totally different way. And I just, as feedback, I just say, oh, hey, by the way, um, Two and four seemed a little bit disconnected. So next time I just want you to pay, like when you're practicing this beforehand, 
think a little bit more on number two. Like really just spend some time there and pick the right one so you're prepared on what you're going to say. Be- because two is like the planning stage. That's where we're trying to craft the way that we're going to deliver this. We want it to actually match up sure. with what they do. Sure. What, so devil's advocate, what about linking three and four? You know, by the time that they get to the, you know, if they, if they anticipate for whatever reason that the other person isn't going to receive it well, this is, I guess that's why if they, for me and my groups, if they decide not to share it, I, I, I want them to maybe base that on how number three goes for them. I, the reason I don't do that is because I think that you, you're bailing on the skill. I mean, I know you carried it out, but. Like they're being chicken shit? No, I, I mean, I want them to do this, but I always say pick somebody that you, that think of a person that you haven't yet discussed this with that you want to discuss it with, though. Fair. Okay. That's that, be- that because, yep. you know, if I'm, if I'm telling somebody, like, say I'm talking to a coworker and um, I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to them and, and this doesn't have to happen in an instant. Sometimes I look at this, like if they hear their coworker, I don't know, there's a news article or a story on TV about, you know, a sex offense or something like that. And then you hear the, the coworker who previously was really nice to you talking shit on that. Eh, maybe I don't do it. You know what I mean? Maybe I, I pull out of that, but essentially you kind of bail, you kind of bail on, on the, the skill because at the very end decide if you still want to share the information and not or and if so share the information in a brief and objective way and, and with the way you're talking about it if it's like if, if you're selling it as think of somebody that you want to share this with but haven't yet then then that definitely makes sense because it, it's it at puts pro- them into action to where they actually have to at least walk through the steps which is going to at least improve their confidence when it comes to actually delivering it in real life. Right. Yeah. Prior to then, they're not really doing a social skill. They're they're just doing they're just thinking. Right. It, which is great. I'm not saying that's bad. That's fair. Um but they're you know, number 4 is a bit of a ripcord and that's it. And then I'm I'm abandoning this. I'm not really doing a social skill cuz a social skill requires me to interact with the other individual. Does that make sense? I think you convinced me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then uh, should we walk through how this would go if you were doing a, a role play with a client? Yeah, because if I'm, I, if I'm it, walking you through as a, you're, yeah. you're my client. Because, okay, people listening to this, they, they've they seen dumb shit on TV, right? They're like, you have a therapist and you're like, okay, Jeffrey and his wife, um, I want you to be Jeffrey and I want you to be your wife. Okay, and then you, and it's like, that's not how role plays work, dude, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> and especially if like the... The guy in the in the relationship, he's all. I would just turn the tables immediately if I was in that circumstance. I'd be, it was like, okay, you be you be the wife. It's like, I'm super selfish, and I know never, never appreciate you for anything you do. Yeah. <laughs> just ratchet it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't work. So, well, well, and I'm controlling, and I, yeah, yeah. So the idea of the role play yeah. is to take something like disclosing information that is is something that that. Happens in very quickly sometimes, and slow it down. Slow it down to almost like an absurd level, so they're really like getting reps in in terms of slowing down their thinking. Because most of our clients are impulsive; they have bad judgment, and that's why they get into problems in the first place. So let's. Uh, if I was going to walk you through like that, mm-hmm. I would t- like if you're brand new to role plays. I'm I'm having I'm going through the steps with you, uh-huh. and so I'd first off I'd maybe say like all right who, and, and maybe maybe consider the guerrilla social work audience as the person that you're going to disclose this. Okay, to. Okay. okay, yeah. 
All right. So, um, first off, I'd, I'd say, okay, uh, you may already read skill step number one. So what I, be, be, what I want you to do is I want you to, when you, when you're doing a thinking step, I want you to, you know, communicate to the audience that you're in fact thinking it through. I want you to point to your head. Okay. It shows that you're thinking that's what we do on a thinking skill step. So can I use my middle finger? You can for- do, you can use your middle finger. <laughs> yep. Uh, How about the pinky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go, go ahead and, um, uh, so skill step one. Okay. So if, uh, if this was somebody that I dug, I, I would come up to them and decide if I want to share personal information and why. Well, um, it seems like this is an important relationship to me. Um, this is somebody, you know, with whom I, I, I want them to know a little bit more about me, um, because I like them and I want them to be, um, you know, uh, especially with, you know, people who listen to my podcast, I really want them to like what we're talking about, our content and subscribe and give us a five-star rating and share with a friend. And, you know, uh, I I want all those things to happen. And so I feel like they would, they would feel closer to me if they had some, some personal information. Um, Think about the different ways to share the information. Well, I mean, I, so I, I don't know. I, subtly, I feel like this just comes out in this part of the, you know, we're talking about the stuff anyway. But um, also, um, maybe more if if people had personal questions, for example, that they that they asked us uh, about ourselves um, that we felt comfortable. Maybe that would be something useful. So I could just say that directly to them, mm. um, and uh, definitely not through a text message or a phone call. Those seem very impersonal. Um, but hopefully, you know, as, as close to face to face as possible. Think about how the other person might respond to the information. Um, that's tricky. Uh, I'd have to know the individual a little bit more. Um, but if, you know, um, if, if they, if they presented like they're, they're open to understanding a little bit more about me, then I think I'd be okay with this. So decide if I still want to share the information and if so, share the information in a brief and objective way. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I do. Um, I, I think so. Um, so Remember when you switch to the action step, you can take your hand down and directly address the person. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I'm disclosing now, though. My <laughs> sex offense? Yeah. 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 Should I just make one up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you expose uh, yourself to the fire department. <laughs> yeah, I expose myself to, uh, yeah, in uh, 2000, year 2000, <laughs> I stepped in front of the Ogden City Fire Department and exposed my bare penis to them. So, by the way, that didn't happen. Okay, <laughs> you're on camera. Jeff, Jeff put me. Yeah, yeah Jeff let's put give me him a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> and th- this is actually a big part. We we make sure that when we're doing it in group, that it we have a bunch of enthusiasm generated. I, I'll go over the top and explain. Like, hey, hey, look, it's weird to be up here. You know, this is Mace's first time. We give him a round of applause, mm-hmm. and so you know, I'd I'd, I'd have the group applause how that went for you and then first thing i'm like since we didn't have necessarily a a a, a person we're delivering the skill to i'd i'd ask you like how did that go for you yeah um it, it, it's weird because reading the skill out loud and then just trying to think about it is is um it's not uncomfortable but it just is i don't know off-putting like it's not normal that's not normally how i think things through okay well, well what went well for you what did you do well um, I think it helped me like 
I, I think it really helped me say, okay, well, what's the best way of communicating? Because in the past when it's been something uncomfortable that I haven't wanted to share before, I'll usually like get a buffer, like a text message or an email. And then it's easier for me to say something through that because there's not that physical presence and, and interpersonal part that, that is sometimes a little scary. Okay. Okay. Excellent. And if you, if you had to do this again, or if you're going to apply this to real life, like what, just based on how these skill steps went for you, what, what would you do different? I'd probably improve number four because I never really thought about like what I would say, you know, and, and I don't want like a scripted response, but I want, I want to have it chambered a little bit so I don't stutter over it because sometimes it feels like if you're not just saying it, you know, in a fluid way, then, uh, then it almost looks deceptive to other people. So I wouldn't want it to feel that way. Okay. So maybe a little more thought on skill step two, even yeah. I've been thinking about different ways to share it. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Excellent. And then what I'd do is I'd ask, I, I would have pre-assigned people in the, in the group to give you feedback on the skill steps. And so I might ask them, Hey, how did Mace do on these skills? And they would, uh, they would, you know, go ahead and let him know. And, and I, I, I put some, I put some limitations on that. Like, cause sometimes they'll critique it and you don't want that. What do you say? I would say, look, the feedback, right? You get, you, you, you give limitations on the audience feedback. Yeah. So okay. normally, normally I'll just say, I want you to just focus on whether or not he or she did the skill. And, and the reason why I'm doing now that's initially. Okay. Because um, I want them to see the feedback that I'm giving them. It's o- only ever like beneficial and positive to him. They're, they're not, gonna... they're not. Yeah. We don't want the feedback to be like with your specifically, like, Oh, like you would never expose yourself to a fire department. Like they give you feedback on like what you said yeah. as opposed to like that your delivery of the skill. Right. And yeah. I, w- the most important thing about doing a role play is the person who's doing the role play leaves there with more confidence than yes. when they walked in about doing the skill. It, it doesn't mean they're going to nail it the next time. I, I promise you they won't, but, but what will happen is they'll have more confidence. And then again, they leave with the, the homework, which has all these skill steps designed on it. And they start to plan on when am I going to use this. And again, that's not a guarantee. That's just a tool that they're preparing for this. And then we ask them, okay, use this. Hopefully it comes up in the next week or before our next group and then come back to group and tell us how you did. So kind of towards the end there says, tell us about the situation, rate yourself on what is it? Uh, needs improvement, fair, good, or excellent. Um, and then what would you do differently? I was telling them, don't put excellent because I said, I feel like I have pretty good social skills and I would never give myself an excellent because no matter what happened, I feel like you can improve. I take the pressure off of them by saying that if they rate themselves as needs improvement, that that doesn't impact their progress in treatment. Sometimes clients get it in their head that they're going to not get signed off on the skill if they don't have excellence. I just make sure I let them know, like, hey, this is a self-analysis. I would expect to see needs improvement. Right. And if you come with needs improvement, that's good because then we can troubleshoot what happened. Was it an application error? Was it, was it just the, maybe it needed another skill? Who knows? Right. You know, like we, we don't even know. So that's, I, I think, and you can do this in individual th- therapy too. You don't have to limit mm-hmm. it to group, like exactly what we just did. You being the facilitator of the session would model the skill. Then you would say, okay, now I'm going to be this person. You be that person. Then I want you to do these things. And then you give them real-time feedback right there. And again, you just set the stage for, yeah, it's a little goofy and hokey, but who cares? This is for skill development. It, exactly. So yeah, that I guess that was an important part of if we were demoing a real group as far as fidelity, I would have 
demonstrated this first. Oh but, no, our fidelity coach is going to see yeah, this. Oh, Jamie, and they're going to like, yeah. and they're going to send a video of them ripping up your yeah. certificate. <laughs> 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 kind of back on. So the, the I just want to reiterate when you're talking about the importance of going out on a positive, going out on a win, sending mm-hmm. them with a. Mm-hmm. So like you right now in this role play, you you would have left this session feeling decent about it, but also with the information that like, okay, I need to think through a little more clearly of how I actually want to say it, a little more emphasis on skill too. And so, you know, and then if you're based on the homework where you're like anticipating where you might use it, well, in your head leading up to your date on Friday with the person you have to talk about, you're going to put a, you're going to feel confident from the win. You're going to have a little more, you put a little more thought into skill step too. Cause when, when it's, when it's go time, you will want to have that locked and loaded. Right, right. Exactly. So, so I, yeah, I, I really encourage clinicians just, I mean, sooner rather than later, try to get on board with role playing. I think it's, uh, those are the funnest groups I have. I mean, by the end of that module, everybody's loving it, you know? Um, and they start volunteering, like I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we like move from module five to module six, there's kind of, Oh, you know, like it's so, yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, you can get really enthusiastic and like this and it could be the most entered. I mean, I like groups that are also entertaining for me. Um, and they, you know, it's not, you're laughing at people. I'm saying, everybody's trying their best to do these things and it's entertaining in that it, it's cool to see clients trying out a skill. They're just not, you know, they haven't really practiced before and they're just getting good at. And, uh, and it, I think it's useful. So clients also, I'd say you guys, I have a much easier time selling this to clients than I do therapists. Right. So I don't really worry about clients. Um, don't let a therapist who's unenthusiastic about this sell that short for you. You should just buy into it as well. And remember the therapy is about you. So try to make the best of it as, you know, as you're going forward, forward with it. So absolutely. Okay. And, and pick a better death next time, by the way, I stand by my decision. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, folks, until next time. And that wraps up another eye opening episode of the gorilla social work podcast. Thanks for joining us on this wild ride through the Role Play Rumbles. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll tackle other hot button issues with our signature blend of humor and insight. Hey, before we go, we have one humble request for all of you. If you've managed to survive our banter and actually enjoyed our podcast, well, let's be honest, that, that's quite a feat. So you're among the few, but <laughs> we'd be eternally grateful if you could do us a solid. Please subscribe to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast. Share it with a friend who owes you money or probably needs to be in therapy. So spread the word, share some laughs. Let's build a community of twisted minds together. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, or wherever you get your earfuls of knowledge. Because remember, folks, misery loves company, and we're here to provide that company. We'd like to stay in chat longer, but we're lying. Good night.